Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, we've got the squad back. John Simmons, Stephen Ostentoski. Stephen took a week off, but we are very fortunate to have him back. Stephen, what'd you do over the last week? Made some videos, um, visited some family, uh, lots of day job stuff. So I definitely kept busy. Um, just wanted to keep the listeners on their toes. You know, I want to yeah. make sure they're saying, Oh, is Steven going to be on or not? But, <laughs> but no, it, it was a productive week regardless. Missed you guys, but it was a uh, productive week. Missed you too. Every podcast has to have a mysterious guy on there every once in a while. So That's it. you, I mean, it, it's the Vaughn and John thing. And then we've got uh, Steven mystery man. You're like the, the Austin powers of the group. Uh, John, how are you doing? Pretty well here. Uh, I don't know. Nothing new really going on here. I don't, I didn't have an interesting week. I don't think as much as Steven did. No, I mean, Steven, I'm, I'm embellishing, man. Uh, <laughs> I made my life sound way more interesting than it actually is. Don't worry. Well, it, 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 look, we're, we're just three boring dudes talking about Michigan football recruiting. That's just what we do. This is a part of our week. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't done anything over the last week either. Just been a lot of work stuff and uh, the usual football recruiting coverage. Amazing brew. And that's what we're going to continue to do today. Uh, we're going to get to some major news that broke over the last week inside the Michigan football program that pertains to recruiting. And after four years or so in Ann Arbor, uh, the director of recruiting for University of Michigan football, Matt Dudek, resigned and took uh, the same job more or less over at Mississippi State. And replacing him is Courtney Morgan, a former player at U of M. He was the director of player development at UCLA and he was also the coordinator of player personnel at San Jose State and the director of player personnel at Fresno State. So he really brings a wealth of experience recruiting players on the West Coast to Michigan, which is something that, uh, in my opinion, would would go a long way. They've had some success in the state of California and some other spots over out West. But having that kind of presence in Schembechler Hall will be pretty good in my opinion for that reason alone and other reasons. Um, a couple notable things from Morgan during his time on the West coast uh, that I really think will help in the recruiting game is that he established or helped establish a mentoring program with the Los Angeles boys and girls club when he was at UCLA uh, where he helped guide 110 student athletes through weekly mentoring sessions as a part of a partnership with the boys and girls club and had some player development along with that at his previous stop. So really seems like he's devoted the better portion of his life after football to helping young people reach their full potential. Um, perhaps notably Morgan is the third former U of M player to join the staff this off season. Obviously Mike Hart, Ron Bellamy already being there. Uh, so Jim Harbaugh clearly honing in on that aspect of recruiting things as well. So John, I'll throw it to you. What do you think of the hire? What do you think about Dudek leaving? Just want to get your initial reaction to everything. Yeah, I, I like the move on the surface. I think it's always good when you can bring in a guy with Michigan ties, you know, the Michigan man thing is kind of run its course after Brady Hoke and Rich Rodden all that whole situation. Um, usually I think it's good just to get the right guy, regardless of if he was 
an alum at Michigan or not, but when you have a guy who's qualified and has done a great job before and he um, was at Michigan, played at Michigan, I think that's just a bonus. Um, you know, it's kind of like when Mike Hart came back to be the running backs coach. It's just there's a certain connection you have to the program when you've uh, worn the, the winged helmet. I think that comes across to uh, prospects and their families. Um, that just gives the pitch a little more weight, I think, for Michigan. And I think he's done a, a really good job. Um, you know, we know uh, as Michigan fans, we've seen guy get uh, prospects choose UCLA over uh, Michigan for, you know, like Darnay Holmes and Dorian Thompson Robinson and guys like that in the past. And then it turns out it's it's a Michigan guy doing all this damage. So now it's good to have him on our side, I think. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, build up this, these recruiting operations even more. Yeah. I, I think on the surface, I'm with you. Yeah. The, the recruiting losses to schools out West, um, you know, just in general. Um, I, I, I think if, if they really want to hone in on the West coast, they could really uh, get a, a bump in that with Courtney Morgan now being on staff here. I, I think it'll go a long way. I like the the higher on the surface as well. Steven, just same question for you, your initial reaction about this entire thing and uh, Morgan now being on staff and Dudek going to the SEC. Yeah, we mentioned a lot of these sort of things when Mike Hart was hired, right? Where, of course, having the Michigan ties, but it's also the right time, right? We, we had Mike Hart go to a couple different programs, built his way up through the Mac, Indiana. And then it was getting to a point where another large major program was likely to get Mike Hart. And I think Courtney Morgan kind of had a similar path where uh, it seems like his career path was kind of taking him uh, to Michigan. And it's just, it just happens to be the right time for that. So when you can be in that sort of position and pitch that, sort of narrative as well, not just from a uh, position coach, but from the the lead recruiting efforts, right? Be able to say that I have built myself to get to Michigan. I went there. So Mm -hmm. literally no one else in this sort of position at a university will have a stronger connection to the university than I am. And that's just what Courtney Morgan can can say to recruits and parents of recruits and likely be one of the few guys in his position that can truly say that with uh, with complete confidence and, and complete accuracy. So that goes a really long way. I liked what you said about his mentoring and player development aspect, because one thing Michigan struggled with, you got to keep a lot of guys. Right. Michigan's had 17 people leave from the 2017 recruiting class and. You're just not going to win games when those guys are supposed to be your your seniors or uh, fifth-year seniors. To have 17 of those guys leave from that class, having someone on staff be able to mentor and keep that connection with those players is extremely valuable, and that's something that a lot of people um, kind of lauded his abilities for. Um, I didn't think Dudek was like as bad as, as people said, you know, he did have two top 10 classes, even the lowest rated class in 2018. It's been really productive. Um, w- especially after a rough 17 class where a lot of guys, like I said, have either left or didn't pan out. So, um, but again, I think it's just a good time for Courtney Morgan and his to the program, uh, will, will lend himself really well in this role as well as the out West connections. So, 
Uh, the final thing I'll say is that I, I've read he's a good evaluator where at San Jose State and Fresno State, obviously you're not going to hold on to a lot of the guys that you're going to evaluate, mm-hmm. but being having good eyes for evaluation to, to get that foot in the door early and, and evaluate those guys that, you know, in his case previously became Pac-12 signees, but at Michigan, you're going to be able to continue that relationship uh, until the very end in most situations. So that's what I, I really like. And then you combine that with his ability to mentor and keep that connection with players, I think will be uh, the best thing and the most important thing moving forward for his time at Michigan. Yeah. You bring up a really interesting point about that 2017 class. Not only have a lot of those guys either not panned out transferred. Yeah. A lot of those guys, like you said, 17, players transferred they were all really highly ranked too for the most part Aubrey Solomon for example five-star defensive tackle that would have came in handy the last couple years right had a couple top 100 guys or well fringe top 100 with Jordan Anthony uh, but Drew Singleton top honor guy uh, was uh, very highly touted in high school Luigi Villain another top 100 guy I mean these are guys that have left, uh, uh, you know, a few of them had their grievances at U of M. A few of them left because they weren't receiving playing time. Um, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, I, I do think Morgan, I'm with you. I think he would kind of lend a helping hand and maybe swaying the student athlete to not leave, to not look elsewhere. Or if they are having issues, whether it be with teammates or coaches or lack of playing time, whatever the case may be, he would be able to assist in that because he's such a likable guy. And it really seems like he knows how to deal with these kinds of situations and develop the players. So they don't even have to reach those situations in the first place. So I'm with you. Um, and, and when it comes to Dudek and I'll throw it over to John, cause I, I'm kind of with you too. I mean, obviously Dudek wasn't perfect, right? He, he had his flaws, but at the same time, whenever I would interview a player, who is interested in Michigan, a lot of the time they would point at Dudek at being one of the reasons that they're interested because he was able to connect with those players and get them really associated with the university, get visits all set up and whatnot, and be able to connect them with their potential future teammates. So John, I wanted to get your take on uh, the, I, I mean, I've seen plenty of Dudek hate on the boards and on Twitter over the last week. And uh, quite frankly, it's, it's unjustified. And I, I never personally had a problem with the guy. Every interaction I've had with him is was, was, was pretty, pretty likable guy and uh, never gave me any problems or anything like that. So I, I don't have anything bad to say uh, about Matt Dudek. What, what do you think John about his time at Ann Arbor and the things that he was able to do uh, while he was the director of recruiting? Yeah, I think he kind of messed up by angering one of the worst portions of the fan base, which is the, the say less, do more guys who, you know, <laughs> yeah. always complain about not being able to, to say anything without on Twitter, especially without getting uh, yelled at about not being Ohio, beating Ohio State or whatever. Um, so publicly, I think he, you know, he didn't do himself any favors by talking on Twitter, maybe more than he should have, but I think behind the scenes where, you know, these fans can't see, he did put in a lot of really good work. And I think it's uh, a good point that you brought up about how he was always mentioned by recruits as being uh, a great guy they can talk to and come with with any questions they have um, about the recruitment. And I think that's so important because, you know, it's about building trust and relationships 
um, in recruiting and having that point man uh, to, to be there at all times and, and help, uh, help them out, get them to campus, you know, organize all, their whole trip there, make it uh, a really great experience that's invaluable to a team. Um, and I think Courtney Morgan can do that for sure as well. Um, you know, I would have liked to see uh, Dudek stay on. I think that was initially the report was Morgan was going to come and be uh, in a code, a code director of player personnel or whatever the role is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Dudek understandably wanted to still be the main guy. So he moved on, but uh, I think it, it would have been, he, he still would have been a good asset to have um, for the program. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, just one guy, for example, a couple cycles ago, uh, Braden McGregor, I mean, he was hyping up Matt Dudek like no other in these recruiting articles. He was talking about Dudek every single time he got interviewed. And I, obviously he hasn't done anything on the field yet because he had an, uh, an injury this past season, but you would expect him to get some some good run this year. And he was a four-star in-state guy. So yeah, I mean, again, I don't have anything bad to say about Dudek. I, I think he was a very suitable at Michigan. A lot of players and a lot of players' parents really liked him on staff as the director of recruiting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a loss because you got a really big gain with Courtney Morgan coming in. I think it was probably the best situation possible for Michigan having Dudek leave. You know, in, in the situation that he did leave, I, I don't think they would have had any better candidate. And then Courtney Morgan to walk through the door. And it's very fortunate that they had him available and uh, willing to come back to Ann Arbor, Stephen, really good, um, a really good opportunity there for Michigan to bring, like, like we've been talking about another alumni home back to Ann Arbor to be able to really connect with these kids and sell the vision of Michigan to these kids, because I don't know, to me, and, and you guys could, could, uh, maybe different opinion here, but to me, when it comes to Harbaugh trying to change up the recruiting to me, at least it really seems like he wants more go blue guys, more, more guys that have a connection to the university so they can sell it better. Uh, Steven, I don't know if I'm crazy with that opinion, but yeah, I mean, you tell me, what do you think about that? Well, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, I think there's definitely going to be some truth to that. I just always look back to, the question of like, how did Clemson become Clemson, right? Sure. They're in a talent rich area. Um, so like location benefits them quite a bit, but they kind of made their run with just some key positional recruiting hits. They were consistently outside of the top 10 in recruiting rankings, but the thing they had was just player retention and player retention starts with good cultural fit, identifying guys that not only are talented and will grow into a successful player, but guys who will, you know, stick it out maybe through their sophomore or mm-hmm. even junior year if, if things aren't um, going the way they initially planned. So I think that's a huge part that I think gets overlooked where, again, stars mean a fair amount, getting guys that are rated highly do have a correlation with being mm-hmm. uh, with, with being good. But again, going back to that 2017 class, that was number five overall class. And it's a class that turned out to crater quite a few position groups for the university. So if you can't keep those guys around and develop those players, then what's, what's a recruiting ranking get you? Not much. So that's, that's what I'm looking most towards. How, how will he connect with the current players on the roster um, and, 
how what what will the profile of a lot of these players that we see and how will that compare to kind of the profile we saw uh, when Dudek was at the helm? So it, it'll it'll be interesting and it's one of those hires that are hard to evaluate until you get a year uh, or two down the line. But another positive is you know he's at Michigan and he's he's for, at the university that he was from and he's more likely to stick around uh, with other changes than. Yeah, maybe a, a guy who didn't go to the university. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. It's kind of like looking at uh, Juwan Howard uh, in in that sense, for sure that, you know, I mean, obviously he's going to have a lot of attention from NBA teams in the future and stuff like that, but it's just the reassurance that, yeah, he went to the university, has that connection and, and really speaks highly of it all the time. And uh, I would imagine Morgan will be another guy like that. So, all right, guys. Well, we will uh, uh, shift gears here. Uh, we're going to talk about more visits being planned out by prospects coming to Ann Arbor uh, this summer. Uh, but let's first talk about Home Field, the premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to the designs because the team over at Home Field studies every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university and home field has some really cool Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. If you're looking for t-shirts, crew necks, whatever it is, they've got it. They will help you stay cozy. So if you are looking for some vintage apparel, then look no further than home field. Use that promo code MNB at checkout to get 20% off the entire first order there. Of course you heard that right. It's not just one item. It's the whole order. So use that promo code MNB at checkout, and you'll get 20% off. So head over to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to, like I said, shift gears here. And it's really becoming a weekly segment, guys. And that is more and more prospects scheduling visits to Michigan. It's just that time of the recruiting year. And it's something that I greatly look forward to seeing all of the prospects coming to Ann Arbor and a lot more visits have been planned since we last talked. So let's just get right to it. And we're going to do this in chronological order as we usually do here. So first up unranked defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips, uh, according to Sam Webb, he's got an unofficial visit planned for May 1st and 2nd. So he's not uh, set for the official visit yet, but I mean, an unofficial visit, that's pretty significant in its own right. So he's listed at 6'3", 290 from the state of Florida, has some other pretty good offers from Auburn, Miami, Iowa State, Missouri, Pitt, those kinds of schools there. And along with football, he's also a wrestler at his high school. And we all know how Harbaugh loves those multi-sport guys, talks about it all the time. So, John, I'll throw it to you. Like I said, it's not an official, but to me, this is more significant because he's getting up on his own dime uh, just in a few weeks here. Yeah, I, I want to know what it's going to take to get this guy ranked. Like he's been on Michigan's radar for a while and he's still not evaluated by the services yet, um, which is kind of hard to imagine given his tape 
which looks really good. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely big news for Michigan to get him up here. Um, especially for a, a dead period visit when he can easily just wait a month and take an official. So I think he is just, you know, chomping at the bit to get up to Michigan after they've been recruiting him for a long time. Um, he's would be an excellent prospect. I think to get, I think, uh, Sean knew is his primary, but I think, uh, uh, George Hilo's connections in Florida are also paying off here. So um, definitely like that he's a wrestler. That's always really good to see from a, a especially a lineman prospect, you know, using that leverage, um, being a, a stout, uh, you know, knowing how to anchor, things like that. So I, I think Phillips would be uh, a really good add to the class early on. I think he's going to be uh, a defensive lineman whether it's a three tech or a nose or a five tech, I'm not sure yet, but I think uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where the, the services end up ranking him when he does finally get one. But to me, he's, you know, high three-star, low four-star potential for sure. Um, you know, he's got schools like Auburn and Miami going after him, although a lot of his other schools are, are of the group of five. Although I see he's picked up more, you know, Missouri, Indiana, some other power five schools are catching on mm -hmm. um, to him, but hopefully Michigan, you know, got him early and discovered a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Steven, John and I talked last week about defensive tackles, how it's very obviously a weakness on Michigan's roster currently and how they need a couple guys in this class. And Phillips is really that type of guy that they need at least two of in this 22 class. I mean, he, he's got the frame. He's six, three, two ninety already. Um, just really what you're looking for out of a D tackle prospect. Yeah. And I mean, you guys mentioned how much Harbaugh loves his multi-sport athletes. There's no better multi-sport athlete than a wrestler for, if you're recruiting for football, um, that is like the sport you could say track and field's also a really good one for discus and, and power and things like that. But in terms of leverage, in terms of hand usage, uh, in terms of footwork, nothing will do a better job for alignment than wrestling uh, except maybe like, honestly, like ballet dancing, right. For footwork and balance. Like <laughs> yeah. honestly, those, if, if, if he would be a ballet dancer, I'd have the same exact thoughts, but, but no, for, for his film uh, he, he fires off pretty low and he has a good burst off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he has a lot of film of taking on double teams and he's able to knife through them. The thing I really like is if the play is getting even with him or if a running back is passing through either side of the double team, he's able to disengage and get on that. So he's not just tunneling through double teams. He's able to uh, keep his eyes in the backfield and react while taking on a double team. So again, when you consider that leverage, that hand usage, that disengagement, all of that kind of shows uh, that wrestling pedigree. I think he qualified for state tournament his junior year. So all of that kind of shows in his film. And uh, as John was saying, I don't know what this guy has to do to get ranked. I mean, those guys don't show up very often uh, guys who are listed at what is he 290 already? Um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think he's going to be a true nose just because he's going to be already ahead of the game with his footwork and leverage. All those things are uh, really hard for a guy of that size to learn at this point, just because you can usually just overwhelm people with your size, but with his background, uh, again, he, he has a lot of things that will get him uh, way ahead of others learning that position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
again, as John said, hopefully Michigan getting in early here uh, helps them out. But I mean, with this team, with this uh, offer list, it looks more like a high three-star uh, offer list at least. Um, and it, it's, it's pretty boggling. One of the most boggling uh, 24-7 profiles I've seen uh, in combination with that film. At least yeah. you got a picture up there now. There's yeah. no ranking. He does have a picture. <laughs> it, it, it took months to get the photo. So I don't know. I, I, I would imagine they probably do a re-ranking at some point in the near future with uh, some of these spring high school football seasons playing out. I would anticipate that kind of being a thing. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with all you guys. I really like his film. I really like the multi-sport athlete aspect of things. Steven, you nailed that entire evaluation there. And uh, yeah, hopefully Michigan got in early enough to um, really get ahead of the competition and be able to land a guy like him because they need it. Um, so let's let's move on to the next weekend here, he, uh, June 11th. And we got a few guys, uh, a few more top targets also on the defensive side of the ball uh, who are going to be in Ann Arbor that weekend of June 11th. And those three guys are defensive lineman Hayden Schwartz, linebacker Micah Pollard, and cornerback Miles Pollard. Those guys are not related. Just going to get that off the bat right there. So let's talk about Schwartz real quick. 6'4", 250 from Jacksonville. Um, he's listed as a D-tackle on the recruiting services, but honestly, I don't really think that's where he's going to end up. If he comes to Michigan, I'd imagine he'd be an edge guy. Uh, he's got other offers from Miami, Penn State, Minnesota. Uh, Stanford is a good uh, academic offer. Iowa State, you like to see along the defensive line. Uh, had a good season as a junior. Had uh, 68 tackles, 14 for loss, 12 QB hurries, four sacks, and two forced fumbles. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, Miles Pollard, he's another top target guy that they've uh, honestly could be arguably uh, the the guy that they've been recruiting the most since this new coaching staff has come in a six, two one eighty. He's from Brentwood, Tennessee may sound familiar and it should, because that's where Michigan got junior Colson from last cycle. And uh, I'll do a quick plug for you, Steven, the junior Colson uh, video on YouTube, go check that out. Uh, Steven uh, diagnosed all of that uh, a good video there on maize and Brews YouTube video, but back to miles Pollard uh, he has a top six, Michigan, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Washington, Kentucky, and Virginia Tech. And among those schools, he so far has officials scheduled for Michigan and Oklahoma. And he's going to Oklahoma the following weekend there. And uh, um, like I said, Mo Linguist and all those guys have been recruiting him hard. Colson has as well. So is Will Johnson uh, on Twitter. So lots of guys in his ear. And uh, Micah Pollard. Also a top target at his position. He's 6'3", 200 pounds from Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the Hilo connection there, so he's all over that recruitment. So, John, let's let's talk about a couple guys here in particular with Schwartz and Micah Pollard. Those guys, it seems like, uh, are pretty tight, planning to come up together from the sounds of it, and that seems pretty significant considering Michigan really likes both those guys in this class. Yeah, that they're – both from Jacksonville. I'm sure they know each other from seven on circuits and things like that. Um, Schwartz, I've, I made this comparison before, I think on the podcast, but he reminds me of Chase Winovich with how he plays. He's just always, uh, you know, playing like his hair's on fire, running around, great motor, um, really violent player. So uh, I think he would be a great trendsetter for the defense. And then 
Micah Pollard's had a few crystal balls for Michigan for a while here. So I think he could be a candidate to even uh, commit on the, the trip. Um, and who knows if, you know, that'll get Schwartz to also commit to, you know, these recruitments. Usually these commits usually come uh, multiple at a time. So that could be possible. Um, but either way, I think it's a good chance for, for these guys to come up and uh, see campus uh, for the first time and, uh, you know, get to know the coaches. You know, these are two offers new to the staff. And so they obviously haven't had the chance to, to meet them in person. So I think that'll be big. And then Miles Pollard has been uh, on the board for a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know why the staff never really offered – the old staff never offered him after looking at Junior Colson. But I'm glad that Mo Linguist decided to because – He's long and physical, and uh, I think he would be a great addition as well. Yeah, I think he's going to be a riser whenever they redo the rankings. He's, I, I think he's at least a low four-star um, prospect there. I, I really like what he brings to the table. Steven, let's just talk about Miles Pollard, who, uh, again, is among these top targets for Michigan at corner in this class. Um, things seem pretty favorable for Michigan right now, and he's a guy – that really fits what they're looking for. He's a long rangy cornerback that they want to pair up with Will Johnson, uh, who, like I said, is recruiting him as hard as any defensive back in the class right now. So really good to get him and the other two guys on campus as well. But Miles Pollard, I'm particularly excited about. Yeah, he's definitely underrated at 415 on the composite overall. Uh, He has an offer list of, closer to a four star, uh, at least that. And I remember when I was watching IMG Academy versus Ravenwood, cause I was doing some film analysis of JJ McCarthy in his senior year. And, uh, this Pollard guy just kept showing up and I was like, man, who like this guy's super annoying. Cause I was watching for, uh, JJ McCarthy and Pollard was just everywhere to the point where I was just like, all right, just don't, don't challenge this guy. And if you go watch his, watch his film, the uh, first play, I swear, he just kills a guy. And I remember that play from <laughs> from the uh, the game against IMG Academy. And, yeah, I mean, to have a 6'2 guy who can hit as hard as, uh, as a guy who makes me think that the other guy's dead, I mean, he's extremely physical. Uh, he won multiple jump balls uh, that IMG was uh, winning the entire game. And he just doesn't give a whole lot of room and he's able to close on the ball pretty quickly. So uh, again, kind of going back to, um, you know, the, the Jordan Phillips uh, statement where like, they just don't really make guys like this. Like you just can't really find a guy with this profile too often at six, two. I mean, it's, it's hard to find. So um, yeah, he's another guy. I'm just curious to see why he isn't ranked a little bit higher, but but yeah, he was continually guys showing up in that game. And then uh, that sort of play uh, continues on throughout his film, uh, not only against, you know, IMG. And that's saying something if it's if he's showing out uh, as the best defensive player uh, against a, a team like IMG Academy. So, yeah, he, he brings a really, uh, really high floor, I think, just with those measurables and the ability to compete at a really high level already. And uh, hopefully Michigan um, you know, not not being on the uh, the true offer list or, or pursuing him until a little bit later. Hopefully that doesn't hurt him, but obviously it's great to get him on campus. Yeah, really excited about him. Like I said, I think he's a really good prospect and obviously Michigan likes him a lot too. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to just trust Mo Linguist like I used to trust 
Zordich in, in the evaluations of corners. If they like him, I'm just going to say, you know what, go for it. I mean, and from what I've seen, I, I really like what he brings to the table in terms of the measurables, like you said, and, and the tape to go along with it. So like I said, I'd expect him to be a riser at some point in the rankings. Um, well, let's move on to uh, a few more official visitors here. Uh, this is for the weekend of June 18th. That's Victor's weekend. Uh, one guy that has locked in that visit is three-star linebacker Joshua Josephs. Uh, so he'll be in town that weekend. He's 6'3", 207, is from Georgia, holds other offers from schools like Penn State, Tennessee, uh, Louisville, Miami, both North and South Carolina, a few others as well. Uh, landed his Michigan offer on February 2nd and uh, is being primarily recruited by Mike McDonald and George Hilo, uh, as you would expect him to be uh, on all these linebacker recruits that they're going after. Also visiting for Victor's weekend on uh, June 18th is four-star wide receiver Darius Clements. And uh, we've talked about him a lot on the pod. And you're probably asking yourself, Vaughn, what the hell? You told us a couple weeks ago that he's going to be visiting the weekend after that, the 25th. Well, according to Steve Lorenz over at the Michigan Insider, sounds like Clemens switched up his schedule to be able to make it for Victor's weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure he was going to be visiting Penn State uh, the weekend of June 18th. So now it sounds like he's going to go to Penn State the weekend after now So uh, to accommodate uh, Victor's weekend. So, John, I'm just going to throw it right to you. I love Clemens. You all know I love Clemens. Getting him up for Victor's weekend, that's a huge development in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. Clemens is a great prospect. We talk about his uh, four three seven forty a lot, along with his uh, tall frame, make him a, a great combination of speed and size that you don't see often. I think it's good that uh, Michigan was able to, to reschedule his visit because of uh, – I think of as right now, he was the only guy that was scheduled to be there on the 25th. Oh, Anto Sacco is also supposed to be there on the 25th. But I think just having the guys, that whole group there is going to create a, a great environment. Um, you know, there's a reason they always try to stack these prospects together, you know, just create that that family feeling and uh, get him to interact with a lot of the other recruits there on campus. I also don't think it hurts that Andrew Anthony's getting a lot of buzz from spring practice, you know, since that's his uh, friend from when he was uh, growing up in Lansing as a kid. So I think uh, that'll help. And I'm sure Andrew has lots of positive things to say about his experience as a college student so far. So I think this will be a big, uh, a big weekend for them. I, I, it does uh, hurt a little bit that Penn state now gets that, that last visit because uh, they've been coming on pretty hard lately and uh, maybe the biggest contender here. So uh, Michigan's going to have to do well enough to overcome uh, the visit the next weekend to uh, Happy Valley for him. But I think it's a good sign that he's willing to go basically anywhere in the country. Yeah, well, let's hope that Penn State doesn't have an equally as big recruiting event that weekend. And uh, just fingers crossed that uh, Michigan's outweighs that there. Um, Steven. Yeah, obviously, we've already talked about Clemens, so, I mean, you can jump in on that. But for Joseph as well, being a top target on defense, being able to visit during an opportunistic time for really the biggest recruiting weekend of the year so far uh, in Ann Arbor, definitely good to get both these guys up. 
Yeah, and uh, Joseph's, again, I feel like a broken record. Another guy, you look at his ranking, and then you look at his film, and you're like, wow, he was only given a ranking uh, <laughs> in February of 2021, looking at his profile. And it's like, geez, like, how is this guy – is he just hiding under a rock or like what was actually happening here? They just so, do a randomizer of numbers one through a thousand and whatever it lands on, that's the ranking they give the guy. It sounds yeah, like I it. mean, it, it's pretty crazy. I read an article. He's like definitely towards the top of his uh, of Michigan's board at, at the uh, edge. And he's a guy who's going to be an edge prospect, but he, he dropped back in coverage multiple times on his film. He had like a one handed interception. I really love to see guys who go all out on special teams uh, so he blocked a few, uh, a few field goals, um, had a really good motor, good speed. And, uh, you know, I, am generally like a, a glass half full kind of guy. I like to see the potential that, that these guys have, but I feel like every guy I've mentioned right now has the profile of a guy closer to around like 200, 250, if not higher overall. And it, it, it's truly going to be a year where these guys are given a, uh, a ranking purely based on what they're hearing and what the uh, initial, you know, maybe initial offers are. And it's just hard for the evaluators to shift them in comparison to one another because you don't have a lot of these camp circuits that would see these guys blow up. So I think we're continually seeing that with, with guys like Joshua Joseph's and it's truly going to test how good a program is at evaluating these kind of talents because um, you can't rely on the ratings and they're not always going to be, be accurate. And this 2022 class is going to be the most variance in production Mm -hmm. versus rankings I think we'll ever see. So he's one that, I mean, it just pops out, you know, after watching a, a number of years and, you know, looking at three stars, he has the kind of film where it's like, if I looked at the length, yeah, I mean, it's only four minutes here, but the, the first few clips remind me of like Cleek Hudson, where I would shift back between his huddle and his, uh, his 24 seven ranking and be like, this, this guy's ranked what? Like a middle three star or something. It just doesn't add up. So he'll be an exciting guy to watch moving forward. Yeah. Agreed. Well, hopefully they're able to get their act together and do some proper re-rankings here because a lot of these kids either unranked or ranked pretty low with these really good offers and you would anticipate that a lot of these guys end up moving up um at joseph's included for sure and uh uh, both pollards in my opinion but yeah i mean that's just how it is right now obviously uh as the recruiting cycle goes on i'd imagine that gets uh fluctuated a little bit so we'll see how it goes but boys thank you for joining me as always and thank you listeners uh, for tuning in as always you can find me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon john where you at my friend at simmons underscore john and steven at steven toski and follow steven's work on youtube follow maize and brew on every social media platform that you have we would appreciate it give us all those five-star reviews on our podcasts and check out the other podcasts that we have on the maize and brew podcast network we would greatly appreciate it so Again, thank you very much for listening. For John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. Talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.